Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia. This is Ask the Experts. And thank you so much for joining me. We know that boxing is coming back in different ways, different entities, promoters, networks are all making a push to come back. In terms of boxing, top rank was first with the Vegas bubble. We've been seeing the great work that Brad Jacobs and the uh, rest of the top rank team have been doing in partnership with ESPN uh, in Vegas. They've had fights every Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Saturday from Mexico City, and they've made it safe. They figured out a way to make it safe. Obviously, no fans, um, but protocols are there to keep everyone safe. And when a fight gets scrapped, there's been a way to hopefully get that fight uh, moved to a later date. And other promoters and networks are following suit. We have dates from Showtime, from uh, Fox PBC, and of course, Matchroom US is making its return on August 15th. It's going to be a stacked card. And I will be speaking to one of the main players on that card, and that is Jessica McCaskill. She's a champion at 140, and she is going to be facing the undisputed women's welterweight champion, who is Cecilia Breitkaus. Cecilia Breitkaus, known as the first lady of boxing. She's never lost 36 wins, zero losses. Now, Jessica has a tough test ahead of her. She's had 10 professional bouts. She has a nine to five full-time job. And I talked to her about that. That hasn't stopped her from training. She wakes up early in the morning to train. She's ready for this challenge. And uh, she's actually predicting a knockout over Cecilia Breitkaus. That's going to be tough to do. And I'm going to ask her about when exactly that knockout's going to come in the fight. What is the plan to do so, to do something that no one has been able to do before? This is a massive, massive opportunity for Jessica McCaskill. And you're going to want to hear from her because she is definitely up to the challenge uh she is ready for this big opportunity and then on the same card i'm going to be talking to raymond ford aka savage now if you haven't heard his name you will he's a prospect a rising star in our sport five and oh two knockouts only 21 years old and he will also be showcased on that august 15th matchroom card He's staying ready during quarantine. If you follow him on social media, on on Instagram, you see him on the beach doing the early morning workouts. He's ready for this opportunity. He's also been sparring with Shakur Stevenson. So that's a good person to learn from in terms of being a rising star in the sport. So I'm going to talk to uh, Raymond Ford about what he's learned from Shakur, what does he want to achieve in this sport, and just have him introduce himself uh, to the boxing audience. And finally, a few weeks ago, I spoke to Kermit Sintron. Yeah, you may not have heard about that name for a little bit. He's 40 years old. Uh, He's fought some of the biggest names in the sport. He fought Sergio Martinez. He fought Antonio Margarito twice. He fought Canelo Alvarez and many others. And like many older fighters in the game, he wants to make a comeback. He wants a rematch against Sergio Martinez. So this was uh, a great excuse to have some nostalgia to look back at the first fight. It was about 10 years ago, the first fight between Sintron and and Martinez and it was uh, bizarre to say the least there was a, a moment where uh, Martinez got the knockdown Cintron thought it was a head clash um, there was some fumbling by the ref they, it seemed like the fight was stopped it wasn't and it ended up being a draw so I'm gonna ask Kermit Cintron about that about that moment point blank now that he's had a chance to look back at it uh, and reflect knowing that it wasn't a head clash but he thought it was at the time so you're gonna hear some really honest insight and reflection from Kermit Cintron we also looked at another bizarre fight uh, that Cintron was involved in, and that was against Paul Williams. If you remember, they fell out of the ring. They got tangled up, and Kermit flew out of the ring. He had to leave the fight, and it ended up being a loss on his record. So I'm going to look back at that. Also talked to him about fighting Canelo Alvarez, who obviously is a uh, massive star in our sport, the uh, one of the top stars in terms of popularity, in terms of pound-for-pound rankings. And Kermit Cintron got to fight Canelo on Canelo's rise on the way up. So I'm going to ask him if he realized back then uh, how good Canelo was going to become at that time. So I'm going to catch up with Kermit Cintron, let you know what he's been up to. He wants to fight in MMA as well, so we're going to chat about that. So we have some great guests for you. Uh, First of all, I will be speaking to Jessica McCaskill. She's fighting the first lady of boxing, Cecilia Breitkaus, on August 15th. It's the matchroom return to USA. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jessica McCaskill. I am Karabatia, and let's ask the experts. I am Karen Bhatia. I am chatting with Jessica McCaskill. 
She's got a big assignment on August 15th, and we'll talk about that. But Jessica, obviously, uh, we know what's going on in the world. It's pretty crazy times. Uh, first question, where are you? Are you safe? Is everything good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm actually at my gym. I operate out of my gym uh, pretty much every day. So my financial world is now wrapped up in my gym as well. So I log on early morning and hammer out my duties uh, from RJ O'Brien um, in the investment banking firm that I work for. And I actually just got done running. So it's actually pretty convenient because I can hop off my computer, run really quick, shower, hop back on the computer. Um, so I'm taking full advantage of you know the, the upside of the situation that we're currently in. And with the situation we're in, you are training for a big fight here. Uh, it's the return of Matchroom Boxing to America, August 15th in Tulsa. It's an absolutely stacked card. And the co-main event, yourself versus Cecilia Breikhaus. Uh, this is a massive, massive fight. Um, you have said uh, you're expecting to knock her out. Uh, so what is the plan to knock out Cecilia Breikhaus? I'm just going to let them um, execute their plan. I mean, we're ready for, for anything, and so we're going to let them come forward. We're going to let them move. Whatever, whatever they have planned, we have plans to counteract them. Um, we're in great shape. We haven't stopped training. We were training before they announced the fight, during the quarantine, after they announced the fight, so we're ready. And you said you would knock her out. If you were to make an official prediction, is it going to be early? Is it going to be late? What are we looking for? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, that's, I'll have to see, you know, what they come out with. I don't have a prediction on the rounds, uh, but, you know, we're ready to go. We're ready to go 10 if we have to, but I, I definitely would say um, a knockout is coming. And we know the success that Cecilia Breikhaus has had in the ring. She's 36-0. She's been in the game for a long time. Uh, as I said, she's undefeated. So what are you going to do differently that the fighters that fought her before couldn't do? I feel like you know, because she's been in the game so long, that could actually turn into a negative for her. The fighters that she fought against you know, early in her career and even maybe towards the middle of her career are not the same type of fighters that are out now I mean everybody has dietitians and strength and conditioning coaches and they're doing different types of workouts whereas old school was you know run 10 miles and hit the bag for about an hour and and that's kind of how you work um, there's so much more to the strategy now with just your fitness and your overall health and I know that I don't translate well over tape you know people will jump at a fight to fight me because they don't understand the power or they don't understand the speed because um, it doesn't translate well over tape, and that's fine. Um, so I, I think that just being in the best shape that I can be in is going to be what's going to dominate. And speaking of shape, uh, you are unified at 140. She's undisputed at 147. You're moving up to 147. I believe this is your first time fighting at that weight. Uh, she's also got a few inches in height. So how important is the size difference in this fight? Um, it's not that big of a deal. I've never fought light in my amateur career. I started out at about 52 and then it was around the 140s. So the first time I fought at 135 was as a professional. And then we moved up to 140 and now we're doing 140, 147, 145 is what we'll be fighting at. Um, so it's, it's just familiar territory for me and it gives me a chance to kind of reshape and, and restructure my body at that weight. You know, this is definitely a different 145 than, you know, many, many years ago. Um, so I think it's, it's just giving me a little something to look forward to, um, giving me, you know, missiles to, to get ready to launch, you know, things that I haven't been able to, um, to, to have just because of the weight difference. But um, now that it's there, we're going to see what happens. And so we'll see how you can adjust to that 145 weight. Um, in terms of this opportunity, uh, you've had about 10 professional fights. You're 35 years old. Um, but this is, a, this is a big event. This is a co-main event for boxing coming back. Uh, I know you had the big fight with Katie Taylor uh, a few years ago. But, but is this the biggest uh, opportunity in your professional boxing career? I feel like um, since the Katie fight, every fight has been the biggest fight of my professional career at that time. So, yes, uh, this is the biggest fight of my career. The next one will probably be, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, but 
you know, we're ready and it's, it's, it's all mental, you know, there's probably not going to be a crowd. So we're prepared for that. If, if they do bring in a crowd last minute, we're prepared for that. We're used to traveling. As you said, we went to the Katie fight over in the UK. That was great. Um, so we don't, we're prepared for, for anything and we don't mind, you know, the, the change up, you know, like I said, it's all mental. And in terms of uh, Cecilia and, and what she's achieved in the sport, um, if she wins this fight, uh, it's they're saying that she's going to break Joe Lewis's record in terms of title defenses. Um, are you aware of that? And do you take um, pride in, in possibly playing spoiler into something like that? <laughs> I am aware of it. It's not something that's at the forefront of my mind, um, but I love to be the spoiler. I'm always the underdog, always have been since the very first fight where the fighter had more fights than I did and it was my pro debut or I was fighting people who had been world champions previously or people who had had um, those six or eight or ten rounds before I had. Um, so, you know, the, the numbers don't really mean anything to me personally. And, you know, I would love to bring the upset and, and to shock the crowd. And in terms of uh, the, you know, we talked about the size difference. There's also, of course, the experience difference in this fight. Uh, Cecilia, we said 36 fights, yourself around 10, and she's 38 years old. Uh, you're 35, so you have the youth experience. H how do you how do you think that's going to factor in in terms of the age versus experience in this case? I think um, they are go both going to play hand in hand with being a younger fighter. Um, and then also having, you know, less fights. I'm, I'm playing more towards the new school, kind of how I mentioned before. She's a little older and she has more fights, but some of those fights are some of those old school fights where people will dance around and we are putting pressure. We're ready for pressure. We're ready for big, big power shots. I mean, we train uh, at three minute rounds and, you know, we only fight two minute rounds. So there's a lot of pressure to get everything in in those two minutes. So we go for it the whole time. So um, it's going to play hand in hand with, youth and speed and age and slow and, and that experience of slow fighters that's all going to work together so um, we'll see what happens and you're used to being on pretty groundbreaking cards I believe you were on the first matchroom USA card which was on the zone um, that was a big event this is another big event because as sports fans I mean we know what's going on in the world we haven't had live boxing in the same way top rank has been doing a great job putting on fights but this is this is matchroom's return so are you taking pride in that that you know with, with everything going on in the world you're able to entertain people around the world they can maybe get some escapism from everything going on and, and watch you compete most definitely i mean i'm looking for the same thing i'm like are there fights this weekend you know what what channel ufc and you know where, where are the fights and i know people are going to be saying the same thing hey where are the fights this weekend and they're going to turn on the zone and they're going to look for me um so that's really exciting to be able to provide that for my friend my fans because i do love to reach out to the fans and connect and stay in contact with everybody and it's just one of those things where you know rick ramos management has put me in the best position um you know any outcome of this fight i'm still in a great position because i still have belts under 140 and with winning all five of her belts then i have you know just so much more to look for and then a lot of the different avenues are going to open up. So, I mean, when this fight, there's going to be a lot of conversation about different things that we might be planning to do. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to be a part of this card and um, to, to spoil history. <laughs> and not to look too far ahead because this is a huge test on August 15th. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you are able to uh, win against Cecilia Brightcast, you'll certainly be on the map in terms of uh, the boxing mainstream, in terms of uh, top of mind for boxing fans. Have you thought about um, future opponents if, if you are able to get past Cecilia, who you want to fight? Yeah, the welterweight division is um... – is pretty spread out. I mean, there's a lot of things that I can do. I mean, even um, the Chicago princess, Summer Lynn, she's 147. She's up and coming. Alejandra Ayala, she's out of Mexico. She's 147. She's got um, a, a lot of fights. Um, we, we even talked about um, a couple people coming down and wait and meeting me at 147. I don't know if they would, but there's a lot of things that can happen. And of course, there would be a rematch um, or, or possibly a rematch. Or Katie Taylor, or she can come up to 147. So there's so many things. And it's kind of a chess game of who's going to do what and who's going to call who's bluff and um, who really wants to work. And when you did fight uh, Katie Taylor, you mentioned possibly doing that rematch. Um, what did you learn in, in that loss to Katie Taylor? Fight at home. <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I learned was that even a loss can put you in a very great position. My career skyrocketed after that. People got to, a chance to see who I was and what kind of fighter I could be. And they saw Katie stumble. They saw Katie almost get knocked out. You know, they, they hadn't seen her in those predicaments before. And they, they've never seen her uh, face someone who had no fear. And when she said that nobody wanted to fight her and we immediately went to Twitter and said, we'll fight you. We have passports. We'll meet you on Mars. I mean, that's kind of, you know, exactly what the fans want you know we want to be respectful at all times for the other people in the sport um so it's we don't really like to do a lot of trash talking but facts are we love the fight and so if it works out for us and for our career moves then we'll fight and you know we talked about you playing spoiler in terms of what cecilia is hoping to achieve uh, in the sport. There's also when, when I, you know, I interviewed Cecilia a few months ago, she said after this fight, she wants uh, to hopefully fight the winner of Taylor versus Serrano. Now we don't know if that fight's going to happen. There seems to be a couple wrenches in there, but when you hear about her kind of making future plans, fighting the winner, a mini tournament in a way, I mean, what, what do you, what do you make of that? Just that she's overlooking what's right in front of her and that's when you get hurt and that's when, you know, things get shaken up and, and you don't know what happened. The rug just gets pulled from under you. So that's fine. I don't mind people looking past me at all because they always have and they probably always will. And that's when um, I come in and, and spoil everything. And with, with everything going on in the world right now, um, you mentioned you, ha you still have the full-time job uh, and your training. Uh, yes. For you, it's been an easier transition um, because you can do it from home and then train. Um, what's the plan after this fight? Do you hope to be in a financial position where you would only be fighting? Um, do you always plan to have a, um, the other job? What's, what's the plan moving forward? I've always had a passion for the corporate world as a young female, just maybe kind of looking up to those um, corporate 90s women that you saw on TV with the briefcase and the suits. I don't know what it was, but I just have always had a passion for the corporate world and I enjoy my job and um, it's right now it's just it's working out it's still working out so there may come a time where I need to take um, some time off or there may come a time where I just need to take a break altogether but as of right now I come back from from um, Oklahoma and log into my computer at 6 a.m. and get to work you know I don't I don't mind having multiple things that kind of keeps me keeps me mentally strong and keeps me going keeps me creative and it keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> And your journey and your story, I mean, it really is a testament to, uh, to hard work. I read that at one point you had to uh, battle homelessness. Um, you were able to kind of pick yourself up, and now you obviously have uh, the big opportunity. I know that you've also uh, trained young fighters, young women fighters, um, and taught them. So just, just as, uh, you know, and, uh, to close it out, would you have a final message to maybe fans and supporters? Everyone's kind of going through a tough time right now. Uh, and, and we know that, you know, like we said, well, they'll have that chance to be entertained with you fighting on August 15th. Any, any final message to fans or supporters? Anybody that's going through a hard time right now, just know that there's always a way. And as long as there's a will, there's a way. And it might not be the, the, a super happy ending where everything turns out perfect but just one step at a time every day make yourself do it make yourself go through and do the hard work and it will come out um, positive in the end and when you went through those those tough times um you know trying to find a new way uh learning box and getting into the game um did you ever imagine that this is this is where it would be uh you know co co-main event on a huge card national you know national tv um did you ever imagine something like this I always wanted to be internationally known. I wanted people to know my name all around the world. And I just prayed that it would be for something positive and not something negative. So um, this is this is that coming to fruition. Um, but I don't think I could have, even when I first started boxing, I don't think I saw this far out. I was just trying to, you know, kind of make it through those every days and make it through sparring and make it through the training and then the next level, the next level, the next level. And this is where I made it. And just to close it out, I mean, we know about your work ethic in the gym every day, hard worker, uh, waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning. So uh, we know Cecilia on the other side is also training uh, with Abel Sanchez and Big Bear. So what would be your, your final message to Cecilia Brykhaus, your opponent? Oh, uh, see you when I see you, girl. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Jessica McCaskill, I want to thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on August 15th. It's the return of Matchroom Boxing to America. It's on the zone in America. Best of luck. We'll definitely be watching, and I look forward to seeing uh, where your journey takes you. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that was Jessica McCaskill. She has the tough test of Cecilia Breakhouse on August 15th, but she sounds ready. Uh, and I definitely am looking forward to that big matchup. Now, also on the same card, he is a young rising prospect in our sport. 5-0, two knockouts, only 21 years old. His name is Raymond Ford, a.k.a. Savage. And you're going to get a chance to uh, learn about what he's been up to. He's sparring with Shakur Stevenson. Uh, he seems to be doing everything the right way. So he's going to have a chance to introduce himself uh, to our audience and to a mainstream audience on August 15th on the Matchroom USA card. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Raymond Ford. I am Karim Bhatia. I am chatting with Raymond Ford, a.k.a. Savage. He's 5-0, 2 KOs. 21 years old. So, Ray, first of all, we know what's going on in the world with the global pandemic. Where are you right now? Are you safe? Is everything good? Yeah, everything good. I'm, I'm safe. I'm real healthy, and uh, I'm just training, working. And we know you're from Camden, New Jersey, representing uh, New Jersey. So, Matchroom is coming back to America on August 15th in Tulsa. It's a stacked card, and you are part of that. So the first question is, I've seen your name attached to that card. Do you have an opponent yet? Yeah, I got an opponent, but I don't remember his name. He actually fought somebody that's signed to uh, Metro. So. And how much uh, preparation are you doing in terms of that specific opponent? Any, are you watching film at all? Are you going to do anything in terms of research of, of your opponent? No, I've already seen him. I've seen him fight before. So, you know, I, I watched a couple rounds of him, and I've seen what I needed to see. So you were signed to Matchroom in 2019. You fought five times, undefeated, like we said. You, you had a great uh, 2019. And then all of a sudden, all the momentum gets halted by coronavirus and everything going on. So what has that been like for you to deal with? Uh, it's, it's been hard, honestly. I was just getting into the groove of, like, the pros. Uh, I was finally starting to get comfortable uh, sitting down on my shots and performing in front of big crowds. And, and then, like, I got injured. That was I was supposed to fight again on the Mikey Garcia undercard in February, but I got injured, so that also slowed me down. And then that's when the coronavirus happened back in like March, April. So it definitely affected me. But I just been in the gym working and you know and improving my my game. And I, and I've heard you say that before. You've used this time to work on your craft to go harder in the gym. So this isn't a case of someone you know gaining the quarantine fifteen and just relaxing on the couch, right? Nah, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. Um, I know you've been staying busy. I've seen your workouts on social media up at 6 a.m. on the beach, lifting weights. Um, so how ready are you feeling right now for August 15th? Uh, I'm feeling I'm pretty, feeling pretty good. I'm getting better and sharper every day in the gym. I'm starting to get my stamina up, starting to be able to do uh, rounds without getting, uh, you know, fatigue and things like that. Um, but I'm feeling strong right now. I just sparred eight rounds a day with two different people. Uh, I look sharp. My punches is coming off how I want them to come off. And, yeah, so I'm just I'm gonna keep improving. And uh, speaking of sparring, I know that you are close with Shakur Stevenson, right? You've sparred with him? Yeah. What, what has that been like? What did you learn from Shakur? Uh, working on my timing, being patient in there uh, while sparring him and then, you know, using it. Using my using what I learned in there with him against other people, and you know, that's basically really what it was. Uh, be uh, be thinking in there and being more patient. And have you looked at what he's been able to achieve? He's only a few years older than you. Um, he had the main event on Top Rank recently, and he's obviously been a star in our sport. You're a prospect on your way up. Have you been looking at what he's doing and kind of wanting to emulate that in terms of becoming a star in the sport? A little bit, but I'm definitely gonna be making my own path and doing doing what doing it how I do it. You know, I can't imitate him or try to you know go based off on his career. I got my own career, but I definitely want to uh, move pretty not not as fast as some, but pretty fast. And uh, yeah, we'll see when what the uh, future was for me. And I know you've said you're the best prospect in boxing, the most underrated fighter in the game. So. 
I know that, you know, you've had five fights before. Why do you think uh, you're still underrated uh, right now? Because you're still a prospect? I'm still a prospect. Uh, yeah, I ain't go to the Olympics. It's, it's a lot of things why I feel like I'm, I'm underrated, but it's just simply a lot of people just don't know about me yet, but pretty soon they will. They definitely will. You're, you're young and hungry and you're going to be on this card. Uh, like we said, matchroom boxing returning to America. It's a huge card. A lot of people are going to be watching. So let me ask you this. Uh, you fought at uh, featherweight. I, I know that you probably have aspirations to fight at super feather as well. Um, what, what weight class do you see yourself being most comfortable at? What you mean, like finishing, like my late, like later on in my career? Or? Yeah, like I know, I know you're five foot seven. Obviously, you're gonna want to move up in weight classes. Do you want to move up to welterweight eventually? What's what's kind of what's your goal? What are you thinking about? I see one forty. What's that super lightweight? So uh, yeah, I guess one forty. I feel like I'd be comfortable there. And we talked about you had five wins in 2019. It was halted, like you said, with the injury. But now you're you're coming back. Um, what is your timeline for wanting a title shot? When do you think you'll be ready for your first title shot? Uh, probably about like 15 fights in. Um, after this fight, I'm trying to step up in competition. I was really trying to get somebody with a winning record, but I'm not really uh, complaining too much about it because it's going to be my first fight back in eight months. So. I'm going to see how I do, but I know I'm going to do great with this dude. And after this performance, I want better competition, uh, guys with great, good records, I guess. And uh, we mentioned Shakur Stevenson. Is that someone that you'd ever want to face in the ring? <laughs> uh, I mean, later down in, in the future, I guess, if we ever end up in the same division and – which most likely we probably would, but I would never call him out just because, you know, basically like he, he's my big bro and I respect him a lot. So. And I know that after Shakur won, he mentioned uh, now that, that he won his fight, he could go out in terms of the protests and everything going on. Uh, Cause he doesn't have to worry about uh, coronavirus. Uh, how have you been managing that in terms of going out, being safe? Because obviously uh, I'm sure you want to be out there training, um, and, and doing things like that, but then you don't want to obviously catch coronavirus before this event because we know how strict the protocols are going to be. Yeah, I, mainly I've just been – I haven't really been going out. Well, I've been well, – other than when I – before, like, me getting back into training, I was, like, doing little certain things, like going to, like, a barbecue every once in a while or something like that, like a family barbecue, not nothing, like, local where everybody can just come out there and – you know, be there. But uh, now that I'm in training camp or whatever, I'm just focused on my fight and I'm training like two, three times a day and just basically working. And you, you are working. You're going to introduce yourself to a new audience, like we said. Uh, the nickname Savage. So just so people can learn a little bit more about you, why do they call you Savage? I know hashtag Savage time. Tell me a little bit about that. Honestly, like part of my name is like, not even from boxing. It's it's more from like outside of the gym, like from when I was younger. Though. But uh, one of the guys in my gym when I was younger, he called me Savage, and it kind of just stuck. And what else should people know about you uh, outside of boxing? Like we know you're a top prospect in the game. Uh, what else do you want people to know about you? Uh, I. I don't even know, to be honest. Uh, I just, I mean, it's not really much they can really know about me other than, you know, that I can fight. I mean, outside of boxing, majority of people don't really, really be worried about that. But I got a good personality. Uh, I'm kind of funny. I'm chill. I'm laid back. And uh, I'm easygoing. You can come up to me, talk to me. Uh, I'm not one of those cocky dudes or big, big-headed guys who, but like I don't have to take pictures or sound autographs and things like that. Like you can come up to me and have a regular conversation with me. And uh, just to close it out, um, when you look at what you want to achieve in boxing, I mean, you're only 21 years old. You're just starting out. But do you have goals of you know? Do you want to be a, a multi-division world champion? Um, what are what are the, some of the things you're thinking about in terms of your goals in your career? I'm trying to clear out at least one division, like become undisputed 
have all four belts, and I'm trying to be like a four or five weight division champion. And the first step on that will be on August 15th from Tulsa. It's the return of Matchroom Boxing to America. Raymond Ford, I want to thank you so much for the time. Best of luck to you as you continue on your, your young career. And I hope to talk to you again soon, my man. Hope to talk to you too. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to have a, this conversation with me about this interview. Thank you. And that was young Raymond Ford, a.k.a. Savage, only 21 years old, rising star in the sport for sure. And he is going to have his chance to announce his presence on August 15th on the Matchroom USA card. Um, Definitely looking forward to see what he can do in this sport. Next up, I will be chatting with Kermit Sintron. He's a little older in age now, but he wants to make a comeback and he wants to fight Sergio Martinez. We're going to talk about the comeback. We're going to talk about that fight with Sergio the first time around. That was a bizarre draw and uh, many other topics. We're going to catch up with Kermit Sintron right now. I am Karan Bhatia. I am chatting with former welterweight champion Kermit Sintron. Kermit, uh, it's been a while since we've seen you in the ring. I believe your last fight uh, was in 2018. But I know that uh, you've been talking about a comeback. um, And we also know another fighter who's been talking about a comeback is Sergio Martinez. I actually interviewed Sergio to talk to him about his comeback. And I know that you've expressed interest in fighting Sergio Martinez in a rematch. Your first fight was a draw. so what uh what makes you want to fight Sergio one more time? Uh it was a fun fight. It was uh it was a very competitive fight. It was a hard fight. Um you know, I'm a competitive fighter. Uh I I, I like the challenge. And you know, Sergio and I, we, I I feel that Sergio and I have unfinished business. Um I think that the fight uh can definitely uh be made um as long as we I mean, he needs to agree with it. I, I'm I'm down to it. Uh it's just up to the promoters. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, the unfinished business there. You guys first fought uh, about 10 years ago was, was the first fight between you and uh, Sergio Martinez. So it's been a while. Now you are age 40 years old. He's 45 years old. Um, just in terms of, of fighters' safety, I mean, we've had some tragedies in the sport in the last few years. In terms of safety, do you think that, that it would be a safe fight in terms of um, you guys are older in age now? Um, I think it's – I mean, it's – it's still, I mean, uh, Martinez is a competitive um, athlete. You know, he's a, he's a, I know um, from what I remember, he was a, a professional biker, a BMX biker, I believe. I'm not sure if that's the right um, sport, but I think it was some in, in that category um, in sports. Um, you know, I'm, I, I got a wrestling background. Um, you know, I've, I've been, God, um, being competitive since I was a little kid uh, and I just love com- competing and that's what my life is all about. Uh, I think with both of us, you know, our ages now, um, it's still, it's still going to be a competitive fight. Um, you know, we, I know that he, he takes care of himself. Uh, I take care of myself as well. Um, you know, I know a lot of fighters out there that are out drinking, partying, you know, using drugs. I mean, and, and that's where I think where, that's where the tragedy comes in. Um, but in regards to, you know, the fight being a safe fight, I think it will be a, a, a safe fight. And Sergio, uh, and you're right, Sergio, I believe uh, competitive cycling uh, soccer player, he's done a bunch of different things. Um, you yourself with your wrestling background that you mentioned, um, Sergio, when he said he wanted to come back, he was targeting a, a, a different rematch with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, we've heard you calling out Sergio. Have you heard anything from Sergio's camp in terms of an interest on their side of having the rematch with you? Uh, all I hear is crickets. <laughs> That's all I hear, man. Uh, you know, I'm just, I just put it out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the game to, to, to fight the best, and Martinez is one of the best. He, he was a, a great champion for many years, now working on his comeback. Um, so, you know, the fact that you called him out, it gives us a, a chance to have a little bit of nostalgia, to kind of look back at the first fight. Um, it was an interesting fight. It was, uh, you could call it controversial. It ended up being a draw. There were some bizarre moments that went on. Um, when, you, when you look back, uh, probably the defining moment of the fight, it was the end of round seven. Uh, Martinez knocked you down with the left hand. You felt like it was a, a headbutt. 
and the ref was counting you. You got up as he was saying 10. It was the end of the round. There was some confusion. Um, what do you remember about, about that moment, that seventh round? I don't know. I remember, like, I, I mean, I saw the fight um, many times. Um, and, of course, you know, it wasn't a headbutt. Uh, but at the moment, I felt like it was. It was a, it was a punch that I walked right into. Uh, and, when, and when that happens, it hurts. Um, you know, was I, was I uh, dazed uh, where I was hurt and I, I didn't know where I was? I, was, I know exactly where I was. Um, you know, I, I was listening to the, to the count. Um, I, I mean, 10 out of 10 times I beat the count. Um, so I don't know where people are saying that, that, uh, I didn't beat the count. Um, it, it was, uh, it was an interesting round, but I mean, you know, in, in regards to the, to the ref, um, waving off the fight, but then changing his mind, um, that was weird to me. Um, but for him to like, let the fight continue, I think that was the right decision. And it was it was a weird moment there where the ref he seemed like he was tentatively waving it off but wasn't being definitive, um, and and you hate to you know throw a ref under the bus because it's a very hard job uh, you have to make split second decisions but did you feel like he was being a little indecisive in that moment? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I was up and I was ready to go. Um, watching the fight, I, I mean, in all honesty, like at the time I didn't know what was going on. Um, but then when he was waving his hands up, uh, I thought he had stopped the fight. And I, and I knew for a fact that I had be, been the, the count. So there was no reason for him to, to, to have stopped it. Uh, for him to, uh, if he did, uh, was deciding on stopping it, but then changed his mind, I think, you know, that the decision that he made on letting the fight continue, it was the right decision. And it's, it's a world title fight as well, so. And it was uh, an HBO main event, a big fight. Um, and at, at, in round 12, Sergio got a dedu- – they took a point off uh, for punching behind the head. Um, and that actually ended up um, making a big difference in terms of the scorecards. What did you think about uh, the referee taking a point off for Sergio hitting behind the head? There was a lot – I mean, there was a, a many times in, in, during the fight where he had hit me behind the head. Uh, and for him to have finally taken that point off, yeah, it was, it was the right decision, but I mean, he could have taken at least two more points. Uh, from I mean, he was hitting me from I think it was round three and on. And eventually, uh, it went to the scorecards. Uh, two of the scorecards a draw, one for Martinez. When you look back at the scoring of that fight, um, how how did what did you think about the overall scoring of that fight being a draw? Um, I mean, I like I said to you, I've watched the fight um, a few times. And there was, there was times where I scored where I won. There was times where I scored where he won. So, I mean, it, it just – it is what it is. You know, the, the judges had it right. You know, uh, a draw is a draw. And I think that, um, you know, getting back and, and doing it again, it, it would be definitely be an interesting fight. And boxing is subjective in nature, as we know, with the three judges. Um, so now in terms of your career, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've, the last time we saw you uh, in, the, in the ring in a professional boxing match was February of 2018. Um, so from now until then, uh, have, did you retire and now you're thinking about coming back from retirement? Were you planning on continuing fighting? What, what was uh, going on in the last few years? I've been um... – in regards to like the boxing uh, part of things, I kind of like just you know uh, been done with it. Um, but then mean I was retired completely because uh, at that time uh, I was out uh, in Virginia training for uh, MMA. Um, I was supposed to fight. I believe it was March, sometime in March, like um, like uh, I want to say like March 18th or something. That I was supposed to fight in Atlanta City, uh, my first pro MMA fight. And with all the pandemic, uh, the virus, the COVID-19 went on, that kind of like screwed everything up. And I know that you had interest in getting into MMA for a while. You have the wrestling background like we talked about. Um, The the MMA fight that you were going to have in March, would that be under the Bellator umbrella or was that a different promotion? That was a different promotion. Um, Can't think of the name right now, but uh, it's it's more of a – 
in the East Coast. Um, I can't remember the 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 the, the club, but uh, it was a uh, a fight that if I would have won the fight, they Bellator was going to sign me. That was the deal. And so now looking ahead, obviously we know the pandemic has uh, thrown a wrench in a lot of people's plans. Things have uh, definitely taken a turn. We didn't have live sports for a long time. Boxing is coming back. MMA is coming back. Do you, if you had your choice of what you would do next, do you want to get back in the boxing ring? Do you want to go into MMA? What do you want next? Listen, if I can get the fights that I want, you know, I, I won't mind um, giving uh, 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 Angulo a rematch. Um, you know, that's a fight that, that I'll be interested in taking, uh, Martinez fight as well. I mean, even a, even a third fight with Margarito, you know, uh, I'm, I'm down to, to whatever. And, but and it's that's, gotta be, so it's gotta be, it's gotta be a, a fight that, that makes sense. And I think those fights do make sense. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take uh, on Chavez. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about next. I mean, you fought so many great fighters through the years. You fought Canelo Alvarez, Sergio Martinez, Paul Williams, Angulo. Um, when you look back at, at you know, all the, the fights you had in your career, uh, what, was, what, what fights stand out for you? What was, what was the toughest fight that you had in, in your career? Uh, I think the, the toughest fight is definitely Martinez. Uh, like I said, you know, a very athletic uh, uh, guy. Um, so the fact that he's a southpaw and slick, uh, great movement, you know, it just, it just made it, it made it hard for me, but at the same time, it, it was a great fight. And, and that's what I look, you know, forward to. I, I just like those hard fights like that. Very competitive. It just and challenged for, for me anyways. It challenges me mentally and, and physically. And, and you also mentioned uh, Antonio Margarito. You fought him twice. Uh, first, I believe, in 2005, and then later, I think, in 2008. Um, he, ended up, he ended up knocking you out in, in the first fight and the second fight. Uh, shortly after the second fight, though, um, he fought Cotto. It was a uh, pretty shocking upset. He was able to knock out Cotto. And then he fought Shane Mosley, and we all know that he was caught with the uh, plaster Paris and the wraps, um, the illegal hand wraps there. Do you feel like because he was caught uh, in that Mosley fight that he may have cheated in any way in the times that he fought you? I, I believe so. I believe so. I mean, like, you know, I, I've said it before, and I know there's, there's, a, there's a, uh, an article out there um, after the second fight with Margarito. There's there an article out there stating um, what I said in regards to him uh, having something in his gloves because there was something in there that I've never felt through all my career in boxing, I, I think, you know, uh, that uh, Teddy Reed was the hardest puncher and and I didn't feel anything like Margarita's gloves. So uh, he had to have something in there. And did you feel that, as, a, as I said, you fought him twice. That was in 2008 was the second one. Um, did you also feel like something was up in the first time you fought him in 2005? Um, not too much in the first, in the first one. Um, but then again, you know, you think back, it's like, you know, there's only, there's only been one fighter that's really busted me up, and that was Margarito in both, both fights. Both my uh, – close to uh, being shut uh, in both fights. So, I mean, like, in any other fight that I've had, uh, I mean, like, yes, I've been marked, but not as busted as uh, Margarito had me. And uh, the other, you know, we were talking about how Sergio Martinez, the fight was a little bit uh, interesting, bizarre, you could say. The bizarre, bizarre fight was probably against Paul Williams. That was in 2010. Um, it, was, it was actually a close fight. You were leading on one of the scorecards, um, but you guys ended up getting tangled up and you fell out of the ring. Uh, what do you remember about that moment, uh, falling out of the ring, you hit your head? I mean, it's not something we see every day in boxing. Well, uh, just, you know, just uh, it, was a, it was a very competitive fight. Um, I felt like I was winning all three rounds and to that point. Um, you know, I, I know I had... He was hurt in that round, um, and just the we just tangled up. I mean, like you know, I was putting a lot of pressure because I I had my forearm behind his head because he he was bending down, and I was putting pressure. Um, as the man told me before, you know, somebody bends like that, you put pressure with, with your forearm that'll fatigue them even even more faster. Uh, so I was doing that, and when he fell, my momentum from all that pressure, my momentum just took me out of the ring. Um, you know, a lot of people say that I, I dove out of the ring and all this. Stuff. I mean, like, come on, man. This is this is a this is a, 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 a two world class fighters, 
fighting for millions of dollars, you know, um, to, to, and being the best out there. Uh, and, and for people to think that I, I dove out of the ring and say, it's just ridiculous. And when they, they had to carry you out uh, on a stretcher, I, I, you hit your head on some equipment as you fell out of the ring. Um, what, was it, uh, what were you feeling in that moment when you were getting carried out? Did you know where you were at all? Were you aware of what was going on? No, I was, I was uh, totally fine. The only thing that happened to me was that um, when I fell out, I hit a monitor, a TV monitor on my, my left side and knocked the wind out of me. Uh, so I was just, just trying to catch my air on my, my breathing back, and the doctor, he was over there asking me if I was ready to continue, and I'm, I'm just shaking my head no, um, thinking in my head as well that I, that I had five minutes to recover. Um, and by the time uh, I was ready to go, he had waited to fight. And in regards to, like, you know, I was just disappointed, very disappointed, because, like, you know, that was the fight that I knew I was, clearly I was winning. Uh, it's a fight that I, that I wanted. Um, and I know winning that fight was going to take me to the next level. And you've had a bunch of, uh, you fought a bunch of, uh, big names in the sport. Um, the other one I wanted to ask you about, of course, Canelo Alvarez, he's on top of the sport right now in terms of popularity, uh, being a pay-per-view draw, things like that. When you fought him, he was still pretty young in age. Um, he wasn't as established as he is now. Did you notice anything different, special about Canelo when you fought him, or was it was it uh, a, a similar fight to others that you had been in? Yeah, it was similar fights to others. I mean, at that time, I, I uh, taking a fight in three three weeks' notice, um, uh, fighting fighting him in his hometown, Mexico City. Uh, I mean, it's it, it just a, another regular fight for me. Um, you know, I didn't really uh, think of him much of him at that time. Uh, to to see him to see him where he's at today, I say, wow, you know, uh, at least I lost to a guy that's one of the best in the world today. So uh, I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's just uh, a good fighter, you know, a great fighter, great champion, and he's definitely making a lot of uh, noise out there. And in in your last professional win in a boxing ring was in 2016. More recently, you had a draw loss and a no contest. So is it safe to say that, uh, you know, you said you're not retired. Are you hungry to get back into competitive fighting, whether it be MMA, boxing, and get a win on your, on your record, a recent win? You know, it, it's, it's, to, for me, it's all about um, getting the, 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 the fights that I want to get me motivated again. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe in the whole age situation. You know, I feel like I'm 25 years old right now. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll do it out with anybody. Uh, I just need the, the, uh, the right fight uh, that come that that I, that I will want. Uh, and it'll, it'll definitely motivate me to, to, to get back in, in, in tip-top uh, shape and then, um, you know, just go from there. But I, I know that I still got it in me. And assuming that you are able to get some of the fights that you want, some of the fighters that you want in the cage or the ring, um, how much longer do you want to stay in, in competitive fighting? You mentioned uh, you're 40 years old. Do, have you thought about how much longer you want to stay in the game? I just want a couple uh, fights. I mean, you know, I, I don't have to be 45 years old and still be in it. Um, just a, a few competitive uh, fights that I could, that I, I could get that, that could get me back into the rankings um, you know, it'll, it'll be enough for me. And have you thought about post fighting career, what you want to do? Do you want to go into training, commentating? Do you want to do something outside of fighting? Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I've been, you know, um, I've been doing uh, personal training. Uh, that's what I do now. Um, other than that, uh, my wife and I, we have, we own a yoga studio, um, uh, that she runs. Uh, but you know, we, I'm always op open-minded to anything. Um, you know, if I could think of something that, that thing makes sense to me, um, I'll do it. Uh, but right now that's what I'm doing. I'm just, uh, doing the personal training and, uh, and owning the, the yoga studio. And so if you were to give me a prediction, like we said, there's so many unknowns right now with everything that's going on in the world. Um, but just to, just to close it out, if you were giving me to give me a prediction, where will we see Kermit Cintron uh, later this year? Is it going to be a cage? Is it going to be a ring? Who's across from you? If you had to, if you had to guess, uh, it's it's hard. It's it's hard. It's hard to uh, to even guess. Um, but uh, you know, like I know um, 
my promoter Marshall Coffin, I know that that he would uh, he would try to get me the the, the fights that I want. Uh, it's it just it's always up to the the other promoters uh, and, and and the fighters themselves. Um, you know, I was always um, the, on the other side where like nobody wanted to find me because I'm I'm a dangerous fighter. You know, I could punch, um, but you know, I think that the fighters today they need to uh, you know start stepping it up. Uh, I, I won't mind even fighting uh, uh, one of the young uh, fighters at, at 160, 168, whatever. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm hoping to get, get one at least one fight, you know, and get that 40th win. And j just to close it out, um, obviously, you know, we talked a lot about what's going on in the world, the global pandemic, a lot of the social issues that are coming up. Um, people fighting for change, things like that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a crazy time in, in our world. Uh, I know that you've been through a lot in life. Uh, you lost your parents early in life. Uh, your trainer, Emmanuel Stewart, we know he passed away as well. Uh, so you've dealt with a lot of tragedy in life. Any words of encouragement, um, any words of optimism to, to people out there going through the tough times that everyone's going through right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, every, everybody goes through um, different situations, but everybody goes through those tough times um it just you know it's one of the things is staying positive and and you know and just keep trucking forward you know just keep moving forward you know don't don't look behind just you know life happens so quickly you know you just have to just keep moving forward and, and, and move on from from what the negative has you know been whatever negative has been in, into your life uh just get rid of that and just keep moving forward well, Kermit Centron, I want to thank you so much of the time. Best of luck uh, if we see you in the ring against Sergio Martinez or in an M MMA cage. We'll be watching. Uh, thanks so much for the time. Uh, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. And that will bring us to the end. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests, Jessica McCaskill, Raymond Ford, and Kermit Cintron. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's askthexpertspod at gmail.com. This is Karan Bhatia signing off for Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karan Bhatia.